Coming to you from the badlands of Texas, from southern Australia all the way around to northern Ireland, you are listening to Midnight Radio. I'm your host, Jerry Adams. I'd like to thank you so very much for tuning in today. We have one hell of a show, a lot of dark things, I must say, some things that aren't exactly kosher for you two, but I think we have a way around that now, something I've been battling for a while. As YouTube continues to deteriorate the freedom of speech, or so they think. So they think. Oh, you notice my theme song. It's back, everybody. It is back. That I did win from YouTube, okay? From their false claims of, you know, I have a license for this. Thank you all for tuning in, friends. First of all, I want to thank our executive producers. If it wasn't for Lisa Maxwell, we couldn't do what we do here. We definitely couldn't do it all here together. I'd like to thank our producer too, Effa, David, Laura, and Electra. Thank you guys so very much. I appreciate you guys so much. If you would like to become an executive producer, it's a donation of $20 or more there in the chat room. Uh, a sticker, a sticker in there, a uh, thank you. Or you can use Cash App, Dollar Sign, Midnight Radio 101 to our Cash App. All of it goes to get our radio license to promote freedom of speech. It's something we will die doing. And on that note, I'm going to tell you about um, this. This, If this comes up right here, looks like... If that comes up, that means that whatever topic that is, is not going to be on YouTube because it's too sensitive for their advertisements. All right. We don't want to get demonetized. We do. We will continue the topic. You'll be able to see it full and uncut on our website, midnightrad.io. Just look up the DJ Jerry page. Or if you're watching, um, if you're a member, sorry, if you're a member of Spotify for a podcast, you're going to get that whole thing uncut. It can't be like that on YouTube, guys. We are still going to open up the phone lines in the second half of the show so we can talk to you. And I want to tell you about our merchandise page real quick on our website. Let me go ahead and show it to you. show you our merch page maybe i won't well regardless our merchandise our products are now on our website midnightrad.io and here's what i'm going to do in honor of that we were working out some bugs on it this weekend and uh, thank you guys for helping us with that a lot of people have a lot of good items uh coming for those of you that didn't buy this weekend i'm sorry uh they had massive discounts on the things in our store don't worry that'll happen again i'll let you know all right. Uh, what kind of things do we have in our merchandise store? We have coffee cups. We have uh, T-shirts. We have midnight radio hats that you guys like. We have wine tumblers. We have robes. We have all kinds of things there on the merchandise for website. Look at all products there on our website, and you can shop for it now. All right, but you missed a big sale this weekend. But if you're a member of Midnight Radio, a midnight or above, I have two coupons I want to give away, $5 off each. I'm going to give you the coupons. If you want them, you have to be a member of our Midnight Radio 
uh, family here. You have to be a member. You have to be a Midnighter or above. And you'll have to contact me in Discord. And I will give you a coupon. I only have two of them. So first come, first serve. $5 off a piece. I want you to be able to test out the website. I'm willing to give you money off of our items on there. So, for example, I think the cheapest thing on there is a patch. We have a Midnight Radio patch for your jean jacket. It's $10, $5 off. You get it for $5. All right? Less shipping. So, two coupons I want to give away. Contact me in Discord. All right. So, I'm going to show this to you one more time before we start so you understand it. This right here, if this comes on, uh, what this means is the thing I'm talking about is not going to be on YouTube. You're going to have to get it on Spotify, or you're going to have to get it from the DJ Jerry page on midnightrad.io. All right, capiche? All right, here we go. First thing I want to talk about is something we talked about last week, and that is the gruesome murders of six people, seven if you include the murderer, down in Oklahoma. We have some more information about that. Uh, McFadden is the man's name. And I got, I got your girl, Banfield. She's going to talk about it right now. It is such an unbelievable story. Just the facts alone, let alone what we're learning just tonight on this program. Mm -hmm. I am joined now by Joe Guess. He is the father of the youngest victim, 13-year-old Tiffany Guess. He has his friend Sunny Summers with him for moral support. Joe, Joe, I am just, I am just so, so sorry for you, for you and what your family, family is, is, is dealing with and going, going through. through. Have you, Have heard, you heard any more information, information or details from, from authorities about this crime? No, I've got one phone call, and that phone call was yesterday saying they found seven bodies, and that's the only thing I've heard. Who was it that made that phone call? It was uh, some investigator down there doing the, at the property, but that's all I know. And an investigator was able to inform you of the fate of your daughter? They said just seven victims. They didn't tell me who it was. How did you find out? Facebook. The news on the online. And uh, Holly's mother uh, finally said or posted that uh, it was uh, the kids when they said on there confirmed. So you had no outreach, no contact from authorities in any way, um, even just for emotional support in, in this terrible crime? No, not at all. I am so sorry to hear that, Joe. Did you know anything about this perpetrator, this stepfather of Tiffany's, Jesse McFadden? Did you know anything about his history as a registered sex offender and as a rapist? No, because my daughter would not have spent a second in the house. I would have brought the whole damn police force with me or I would have drug him out by the nap of his head. Holly never mentioned anything at all to you about this. No, the only thing we ever talked about was at the beginning of their relationship, we had an understanding that no one would be around the kids unless we both agreed upon it and we did a background check and we were okay with it. I asked if there was a background check. She said, yes, nothing was there. <laughs> So you were you were lied to about the background, because as we're learning now from the children's grandmother, Jan Mayo, uh, Holly did find out about the 
criminal background, but unfortunately, this she was my beast, so. Jesse Mc, yeah, Jesse McFadden hired an actress to lie to her to say that she was the rape victim and that it was all a misunderstanding. Do you think that's why Holly didn't tell you? I haven't heard that before. I don't know. I know that in the from the bottom of my heart, I know that if any one of them would have told me anything, that would have been there. Period. I'd have been there. I don't okay. care. Ex-wife, not. I'd have been there. What was your last communication with your daughter, Tiffany? It was uh, last Thursday. I talked with her a little bit. After I was talking with Holly, the kids were talking and talking to me in the background. All the kids, I don't, I don't care. The older two aren't biologically mine, but I was there since Riley was one, and Michael James wasn't even born, and we were married thirteen years. So definitely we have a broken family here. If nothing else, we have mixed children from mixed relationships. So note that. I also want to say, if you want to call in about any of the topics we're covering here tonight, it doesn't matter if we're live or not. You can go ahead and call us, leave a voicemail message. Phone number is 325-261-0892. Let your voice be heard. Let your voice not be censored. But I do ask that you are polite. All right, let's continue here. Let's continue on Banfield here. I learned some new information here. Those are all his kids. They all look to him as daddy. So this is this is an additional blow. I didn't know that. I didn't know you had a close relationship with the um, with the other kids, Riley and Michael, and you had a chance to, to speak on the phone. Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact. It wasn't even a few months ago, me and Holly were still talking about possibilities of me going through the legal system and still adopting the old two. Even though she had married Jesse McFadden? Yes. Do you have any thoughts as to why she might have been thinking that there, that you could adopt the children when she was married to someone else? Because we've been working on it for over 10 years. They loved him. They, they didn't look at nobody else as their daddy. They this came, is their daddy right here. They came to me the last season of Darren Trek and was like, uh, Dad, we know you're not our biological dad, but we don't care. You're our dad. So Riley and Michael called you dad as well? Yes. I am just so sorry for, for what you're going through. This is just, it's such a tremendous, I mean, it's, it's an unimaginable loss what's happened. Um, at this point, do you hold anyone responsible for having let Jesse McFadden out of prison? It looks like three years early, while a crime had been committed in prison, a crime that was so- I do have a word about that. He was let out early. They're not make, they're not being clear about this. He was let out early from prison. Three years early. Why why to that I don't know. But he did commit a sex crime in prison because he had pictures of an underage sixteen year old girl on a contraband cell phone that was taken from him. They caught him with it. Now the Monday that which is about what, two weeks ago? The Monday that he was supposed to have go to trial, you know, be indicted for that is when he killed himself. So he'd been planning this. It's like a last perverted 
hoorah on this. We're going to watch a little bit more of this and have some breaking news as it comes to this coming out. And I have some uh, exclusive photos provided by Dealey Pickle, someone from our community. So I'm going to continue this and we're going to talk about it on the flip side. Similar to the crime he committed that got him into prison. Yeah, he never should have been let out of the legal system completely fail. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you, Banfield. Thank you so much. All right. So let me read this for you. Uh, I think we already went over this. This is when they actually walked, the family walked through the house. Now, when the family walked through the house, I'm going to go full screen on this so you can see it. When the family, uh, oh, let me take that off. Is that better? When the family walked through the house, here's what they saw. They saw sex toys all over the place. They saw... chains where he actually chained so there's six these six people that he took their lives that he murdered he had them chained in their house he had them chained in his house his whole house was like a sex dungeon all right the whole thing was chained chains everywhere um he'd been planning this for a while he even planned on uh, placing the blame on other people. So that 16-year-old I told you about who he had naked pictures of on his phone, they were having some kind of uh, relationship while he was incarcerated, okay? And he was going to go uh, to face the consequences of that on Monday. And between that weekend and that Monday, he killed himself. He sent her a text message saying that all of it was because of her. And it was her fault, In the living room, there was a twin-sized bed laying on the floor, a pink pattern blanket laying across it. In the corner of the room, there was a desktop monitor and a computer tower still hooked up. Two additional computer towers and four desktop monitors were found throughout the house. All right. Now, I want to tell you about this. This is a family member going, and the police didn't go. So after the family saw all this, they freaked out, and they got on the police's ass about not doing this, about them not confiscating these things, all right? Look, there seems to be like almost like blood on the floor over here. And look at these chains. These are for people in the floor, all right? Look at these chains on the bed. Look at this. Would you look at this? These are new. These haven't been there forever. They haven't been used before. These were used up for that one time because he planned this. There were bondage devices throughout the house. There was a shelf line with witchcraft books. About 10 feet away in the kitchen, there was another restraint bolted into the counter. There were fresh locks, chains still attached to that one as well. Now, Witchcraft is different than Satanism, but let me tell you something about Satanism. Satanism is a belief there is no God, that you're your own God, right? And that means whatever you want to do is right. All right? 
There's no damnation to your soul for doing evil. If it suits you, it's fine. All right? And this is what we're looking at here. Or witchcraft is different. Witchcraft believes that whatever you give, whatever energy you give out is the energy you receive. Satanism isn't the same thing. It's very nihilistic. It was also a check signed by one of the deceased victims, Holly Guest, for a local storage unit located at U-Lock Storage. There, even, there was even a unit number written on the checkbook. All right, I can go on through this, but I'm not because we went on, talked about our last show. But I got more than this to talk about, and so does Banfield, so check this out. All right, let me line her up. Let me line her up. Now we're learning just so much more may have been happening at that home. A series of crimes against children. In fact, if the evidence that's been this collected just in today. the last 48 hours proves to be accurate. And also we're learning about a real colossal failure of law enforcement. Because this was a week ago. And only just over the weekend. Almost seven days after the murders of those six people and the suicide of Jesse McFadden. Now, we talked about this a little bit in our Discord, and the family were mad because the police didn't get all the evidence out of the house. The cell phones of the girls were still there. There were still chains. It wasn't checked for tissue. Everything was just there like the murderer had just left and nothing was taken. So they called the police department and said, hey, what the hell's going on here? You know what the police said? They said, um... Jesse McFadden is the one that did this, and Jesse McFadden is dead. Therefore, the investigation ended. And the the fathers were like, oh, hell no. You need to find out what happened, how it happened, and why it happened. And if there were sex crimes against these kids, it's supposed to be investigated by the FBI. So now the Oklahoma Bureau of Investigation, which is the state level of the FBI, it's the same thing, but OBI is what it's called, They started doing a deeper investigation. We're going to talk about what they're looking at right now as we talk. But we're going to continue with this uh, Ashley Banfield clip because it brings you up to where we are now. This is a brand new clip, by the way. The state authorities actually are with escalators and drones. And then discovering potentially that the pond, newly created just two months ago, might actually yield evidence, possibly more victims, possibly even more bodies and evidence about the wife who was murdered in this horrible murder suicide well it's possible now that holly may have been involved evidence collected at the scene much later than police had left it and opened it back up to the public evidence now collected shows she may have an integral role in fact in the abuse of other children other victims who may still come to light we have exclusive videos that were shot by a family member and turned over to us on the Banfield team that we're going to show you tonight of some of the evidence that was collected and some of the activity on the ranch yesterday and today. The Oklahoma State investigators coming out and looking into containers on the property, RVs on the property. You'll have to, we'll have to apologize for the grainy nature of this video, but this was shot almost hurriedly as the Oklahoma investigators showed up back on the scene with their mobile analysis unit. 
medical examiner also appearing on the scene today and spending hours upon hours at that scene. A medical examiner not typically called out to a scene unless there are bodies. All right, we're going to continue to play this in a moment. I just want to say this. It is a damn shame that YouTube censors information like this. Now, this, I'm talking about this story, this Ashley Banfield video. I obviously, I have the permission from News Nation and her to play it, so I'm going to. They're cool with that. And apparently, YouTube is cool with this being played too. And we know they're cool with the commercials because we got one for Dixie Cups, all right? But this kind of news, they stop it from getting out. They'll demonetize you and say, well, you're, this isn't against community guidelines, but it's you know too risky for our, for our advertisers. I don't care. I'm not going to self-censor anymore. But uh, if it can't be on YouTube, then that's fine. It won't be on YouTube. But you know what? It's going to be on midnightrad.io. And I suggest that if you haven't yet and you want this whole show intact, go ahead, do subscribe and Spotify. It's a podcasting platform. And uh, you can get the full show uncut without, you know, any censorship. I'm not going to self-censor anymore. I'm not going to do it. All right? Not Don't need to. Don't have to. That's that's. You saw I've been gone for a little bit. Where's Jerry been? I, you know, he doesn't do a show every day. Hey, Jerry's geared up to come back and do a show every day now. But I had to find a way that, one, the broadcasting software I had, was absolute bullcrap. So I got a new I got a new company I'm working with, and also I found a way around YouTube censorship. I'm not going to self censor anymore. I'm not going to do it. All right, just just not going to do it. All right, I'm not going to get I'm not going to keep getting hit like I've been. All right. So if you'd like to continue to see this show, if you'd like to help us out, be non censored so you get the truth. I got some more information about other things coming up too. I'm going to let you know what is happening to the global economy, and I brought proof, all right? I'm not just here. Someone that doesn't know what the hell they're talking about, like some of, some of you have sent me messages saying, just, and I'm sure they're gone. Here's a message and bye-bye. I always give you proof of what I'm saying, all right? I'm going to continue with this, and then I'm going to show you uh, pictures I had from the last 24 hours from the property. Bodies. Bodies. Still, Still no, no announcement, announcement from the from authorities, authorities if, in, if fact, in fact they have they found, found more bodies. bodies. But the drones, but the drones flew, flew overhead. overhead. Who knows Who if knows they, if had, they heat had heat seeking? seeking. Evidence, evidence was processed, processed out, of out of a car, as you can, as you can see, see, the evidence, evidence envelopes, envelopes at this point. At this point. Better, Better late, late than, than never, never, I guess. guess. But really, but really seven, seven, eight days later, there's the drone. You can just see it flying. They had taken a couple of drones. They brought out all of this heavy equipment, excavators, earth movers, potentially to dig on that property for more bodies. I'm going to pause it right there because I have better pictures of this. This is uh, from our community member, Dilly Pickles. Dilly Pickles. So this shows the Oklahoma Bureau of Investigation there. This is one slide. I'm going to give you the next one right here. And this is the picture that was crappy on Ashley's, but you can see it better right here. Boom. You see that? They are not only draining the pond, they are digging up in it to see if there's any bones out there. All right. Let's see. 
I got one more pick. Falia right here. This is a mobile forensics unit. See Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation. See see what kind of exploited children there were. So that's what you're looking at. Right there. All right. I'm going to continue with a little bit more of Ashley. Got a little bit of Ashley on my mind. Let's see if she's going to get to the point there. We'll see. Here are some Here of the things, things I can things tell you that family members were able to find. And this is after Friday. After they've been able to actually go through the house the house the first time. The first time. After. Come on, Ashley. Bloody, bloody toddler, toddler clothing, clothing oh, that was found beneath, beneath the floorboards. The floorboards. The blood the apparently, apparently still wet still enough, wet enough, wet enough, wet enough to, get to get on the hands, on the hands of, the of the person who picked it up picked from it up under, under the floorboards. The floorboards. A four-inch four stack, stack of Polaroids. Polaroids. Four-inch four inch stack, stack of Polaroids, Polaroids of, of children. children. Oh, Lordy. VHS tapes showing, showing possible, possible abuse. abuse. A ledger containing the names of children and birthdays. A long piece of lumber that had multiple chains and padlocks attached to it and spaced along the piece of lumber. Multiple phones, five of them in fact stacked, apparently all Holly's former phones. This piece of lumber, by the way, I should, no, just point out the person who's holding it. That's not a police officer. No, this is evidence of potential sexual crimes in the hands of family members because they found it. Not the police. The, the police Kruger didn't bag that up as evidence. The family members had it and photographed it. And just beneath, if we can drop our banner on that photograph, just quickly drop the banner. You can count one, two, three padlocks. Uh, okay, so check this out, guys. There is a Freddy Krueger tattoo on this family member's arm. And Freddy Krueger was a uh, sex offender pedophile, by the way. And this is a family member holding the locks. Just in case, maybe he didn't know that and he thought it was just like a regular uh, horror movie dude. Like, I don't know, Michael Myers or um, one of the other slasher films. But no, Freddy Krueger was a, was a pedophile. So there you go. And uh, I'm about to tell you about old Jesse McFadden's brother. It seems that it runs in the family, guys. On those chains, on that board. As far as the phones, yes, Holly's former five phones, but also three other phones. We don't know who owns them, but one additional phone on top of those three looked like a child's phone because it had a panda wallet that was attached to the back, the kind of panda wallet that a, a child might actually have on the back of his or her phone, probably her phone. That was also discovered at the scene. Thank you for watching. Go to NewsNationNow.com to find NewsNation on your television provider. And don't forget to click the red subscribe button below. To yes, ma'am, we will. Always a fan of Ashley Banfield. All right, so. Disturbing, disturbing. So not only was it bad, but it was worse than they thought. It was worse than they thought. It keeps getting worse. And... Just thinking about what went on, the police wouldn't continue to investigate. They stopped right there and went on with their lives. Guys, it's important to know 
It's, it's important for the public to be outraged. It's important for this to be talked about and not censored. All right. This story continues. All right. Now check this out. Check this out. Police man held woman in dog cage. How could this possibly be related to Jesse McFadden? Well, let me see. Let me make sure I'm not missing anything because I got a video of this non-diplume. Make sure I have it here. Maybe this is it. Look at this guy. What do you think his name is? Let me read it to you. Police say McAllister man locked a woman in a dog cage and threatened to shoot her with a crossbow before she escaped. Uh, the date on this is... July 21st, 2022. His name is Cody Ray McFadden. This is Jesse McFadden's brother. He locked a woman in a dog cage and threatened to shoot her with a crossbow before she escaped. Then he refused to leave a residence and allegedly started a fire that killed a dog. Now he faces multiple felony charges. Cody Ray McFadden, 34, was charged this week with several felonies, including kidnapping, maiming, domestic assault, and a battery with a dangerous weapon, aggravated domestic assault, and battery, arson, and cruelty to animals. McFadden was being held at the Pittsburgh County Jail on a $1 million bond. Choctaw Nation District Court records show McFadden was found incompetent in April to face a second-degree arson charge after he set a blanket on fire inside of a residence before lighting a vehicle on fire with himself in it in December 2020. An affidavit filed in the case states deputies from the Pittsburgh County Sheriff's Department were called out to a residence on Redbird Drive off State Highway 113 for a possible domestic abuse situation. The reported victim was found with numerous injuries and bleeding, told deputies that she went to check on McFadden a day earlier and that the man forced her into a dog cage, poked her with a stick and had an extension cord that he tried to shock her with and that he threatened to shoot her with a crossbow. According to the report, the woman said she escaped from the dog cage after McFadden struck the cage with an ax so hard that the cage got bent and she was able to get out before escaping the residence through a broken window. The woman told the deputy that she thought she was going to die. Deputies and troopers from the Oklahoma Highway Department had the residents surrounded when McFadden came out and told the officers to leave so he could live his life before running back in the residence. The affidavit states tear gas was deployed in the residence numerous times in an attempt to force McFadden out. A fire was then seen by deputies with McFadden coming out from underneath the residence where he, where the fire had started. Deputies had to take the man to the ground to place him into custody. The next day, deputies conducted a search warrant on the residence and found the cage the woman was allegedly held hostage in, along with the charred remains of a dog. There you go. Whew. Yeah, so I guess crazy runs in the family. The thought that Jesse McFadden could have got out three years early for 
being a child predator is disturbing. It's also very disturbing that the police in Oklahoma, even though they found the body of the man who committed this crime dead, even though they found him dead, that because there were crimes against children and that didn't go up to the Oklahoma Bureau of Investigation, it should have went there earlier. It should have been an automatic thing. This is being looked into, and uh, I'm going to continue to cover this story and let you know if what happens to the police uh, chief, it would have been on him, those involved in not bringing this up the chain of command. It was a small town, small town of uh, less than 5,000 people. So to think that they had so many murders, they didn't have enough police force to take care of this is ludicrous. This isn't too far from where I'm at, by the way. And uh, what else do we have going on? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the mall shooting. Should we do that? This is very disturbing. And, you know, I don't think YouTube is going to dig it very much. I don't think they're going to dig it at all. But I have no concern about them. Let's continue here. It's disturbing me. You know, I told you guys about this. I told you that there were going to be more murders. Now, let's talk about Jesse. He knew that he had no life when he went back to prison as a pedophile. If you don't believe me, look back to my interview with J.T. Kinderfeller. Uh, Go back and look at that Christmas show. It is about this type of thing. Uh, You'll find out about what happens to pedophiles in prison. It's not very good. I submit to you that 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 is where all these crimes are coming from. All of these crimes I'm talking about tonight, and I'm going to talk about the murder of people running Bitcoin and more. I'm going to talk about their murders. There's a whole lot going on now, and it is because people are what they think the end. We're talking about people that are losing their jobs. Most of these, guess what? They've lost their jobs. They're about to lose their jobs. They're in a position that there's in the, I'm going to say FTC, in the uh, Bitcoin community. They're at the point of utter collapse of all of this snowball money. And uh, other people are going to be implemented. We have banks failing partly because of it. Oh, yeah. Did you know that a lot of these major banks were invested in Bitcoin? You know, that's how they uh, make money grow. When you put it in your savings account, it grows by a certain percentage. Where do you think the bank actually gets money from? From investments. They invested in the housing market before. Guess what? Instead of the housing market this time, they found something better. They found Bitcoin. Oh, we're in deep shit. We're in deep shit. I'm telling you, you don't hear this anywhere else. And guess what? Everything I'm telling you, I tell you two months in advance. So you're going to know about this mainstream in two months. When you lose all your retirement by then. And you're going to be like, did Jerry say something? Jerry doesn't know what he's talking about. I do. I wish I did not. This is the world we live in. I'm drinking Coke Zero, by the way. I'm going to open up the phone lines in the second half of this broadcast. It'll be right at the hour mark. All right, we're going to talk about, there's a gunman in Texas. There was somebody also 
He started run over, running over people at a bus stop in Texas. And there's also someone in L.A. All right. If you'd like to call me and leave me a message, 325-261-0892, or call me the second half. If you'd like to email me, the phone number is midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. Now we're going to take you to Allen, Texas, the scene of a horrific mass shooting over the weekend. We are learning more about some of the eight victims, including the parents and three-year-old brother of a six-year-old boy who survived. Omar Villafranca joins me now with more details. Omar, good morning. Good morning. The eight people who were killed were young. Their ages ranged from 37 years old to a little boy who was three years old. Investigators are now trying to piece together the movements of the shooter in the weeks before to see if anything that happened triggered the response that we saw on Saturday. Now, we want to warn you, some of the things that the survivors told us and that we're about to show you are graphic, but the survivors told us they want people to hear this because it's the truth and they want the mass shootings to stop. The gunshots just, it sounded like a war zone. It's... It was horrifying. Raquel Lee was one of the countless terrified people at the Allen Premium Outlets Mall when the bullets started flying Saturday. She said. All right, let me make sure I got you on this. I want you guys to see this part. Right here. It is hot. It is hot here in Texas right now. I don't mind telling you. It is. She hid inside a bathroom closet, crying and praying. When I was crouching down, I hope we don't get hit by a bullet. But at least eight others were shot and killed, including three members of the Cho family, Mom Cindy, Dad Q, and their three-year-old son, James. The lone survivor was their six-year-old son, William, who was wounded during the shooting. Also among the dead, two young sisters, fourth grader Daniela Mendoza and second grader Sophia Mendoza, 20-year-old security guard Christian LaCour, 26-year-old engineer from India Ashwara Thataconda, and 32-year-old Elio Kumana Rivas. Yesterday, mourners gathered at a makeshift memorial outside the mall to pay their respects. We put flowers, we said a prayer, but it's just not enough. We need legislation to change our gun laws. An army official tells CBS News the 33-year-old gunman, Mauricio Garcia, was terminated from the army in 2008 for mental health reasons. He later became an armed licensed security guard certified by the Texas Department of... All right, do you see what they put there? They had interest in white supremacy? He had mental health issues, with which I can understand, because if you're Hispanic and you're claiming to be a white supremacist, these are definitely some damn mental issues, all right? Definitely mental issues. So what should be done about mental issues then? Should anybody that has some kind of mental issue, should they be locked up? The public safety, working for three security companies between 2016 and 2020, where he received firearms training and passed a background check. 
His internet searches indicate he was very interested in far-right and white supremacist ideology. Although it is not yet known if this serves as a motive. Did he say far-right or far-white? Far-right and white supremacist ideology. Although it is not yet known if this served as a motive for the shooting. There was an atrocious amount of... How would you have white supremacist ideology if you're Hispanic? Because you're mentally ill, that's why. Blood, muscle tissue, etc. Navy veteran Joshua Barnwell was shopping for jeans at the mall when the gunfire broke out. He says he rushed to the aid of those who had been shot. It's my hope that at least, if not for anything, even if I lost the victims, there was somebody there that was speaking to them. They just weren't lying there by their lonesome with their final thoughts being, I was here to buy sandals and shorts with my kid. And now here I am. Law enforcement sources say the gunman had an AR-15 style rifle and several magazines as well as a handgun just on him. Not an AR-15 rifle, an AR-15 style rifle. They also told us uh, that there were five other weapons in the car. Six people remain in the hospital. Amory? That's horrible. I'm going to put the whole link to that in the show notes below. Absolutely horrible, but it gets worse. I've got more information as it pertains to this. I'll show you right now. Uh, Right here. This is from The Guardian. And let me put that on a bigger screen for you. Boom, there you go. This is from The Guardian. And this is about the legislation that Texas is working on today regarding this. Texas takes step towards more gun control as U.S. mass shootings on record pace as it happens. Now, in this, as in the next story we're going to cover, we're going to cover about the crash where someone crashed into a bus stop full of people. And right here, you can even see a deadly crash. Driver shouted anti-migrant slurs, witness says. Let me tell you, he was Hispanic too, all right? So I don't know what the hell is going on the reporting when they're focused. This is like, remember George Zimmerman, right? Because he had a name George and a name Zimmerman, and he was Hispanic. They were trying to make that about race. They, and I'm talking, they, the they I'm talking about is the media. They're trying to sell their dingy little newspapers with information like this. You know, I saw a interview of the neighbor's of the shooter in Allen, Texas, in Allen, Texas. Uh, I saw an interview with his neighbors and he was in a Hispanic neighborhood and it was a Hispanic neighbor. He was actually not living in that neighborhood at the time. He was living at a hotel and he had been for a while. Matter of fact, that hotel was on his driver's license. So I don't know, maybe he was abandoned from his family, but I thought at first I didn't know his race. So I was like, well, how the hell? Because I grew up in Texas. I spent time in California. I'll tell you this. Usually white people don't live in an all Hispanic neighborhood down there so i thought well this white person is living in you know in between these hispanic families houses no he was hispanic too but guess what he didn't even live there we're talking about misreporting here all right so this is on the guardian and here's what they have to say texas takes step toward more gun control as u.s mass shooting on record on record pace as it happened all right The Republican-controlled legislature of Texas took a small step towards 
gun, greater gun safety laws. Let me tell you what we got, what these actual laws are. Let me go through their summary too. They've not, authorities for Marcio Garcia, the 33-year-old suspected gunman who was killed on the scene by police, reportedly espoused right-wing extremism and white supremacy online and in a patch displayed on his chest. The shooting was the second deadliest of 2023 during a time when the U.S. is on pace to set a new record. Texas lawmakers in the Republican-controlled state legislature voted to advance a bill to raise the minimum age of buying a semi-automatic weapon to 21. That's it. Police in Brownsville identified the suspect in a separate incident where a car plowed into a group of people waiting at a bus stop outside a migrant shelter on Sunday morning. All right. Police in Brownsville identified the suspect in a separate incident where a car plowing into a group of people waiting at a bus stop outside a migrant shelter on Sunday morning. During a Monday morning news conference, authority named George Alvarez and accused him of killing eight people and injuring 10 others with his car. Alvarez, who attempted to flee but was held down at the scene, was booked on reckless driving with bell set at $3.6 million. He now faces additional charges. Check this comment out. As people across the U.S. try to process yet another heartbreaking and gruesome tragedy, more have begun raising alarms about the images of the aftermath that surface online, one shielded from easy access or public view. Now videos and photos are shared across social media, creating more vicarious trauma and PTSD, even from those far from the affected communities. Millions of people being bombarded with videos of horribly mangled dead children when trying to get basic information. The NBC reporter Ben Collins tweeted, is going to give people the kind of PTSD we have. We don't have a name for yet. What a jackass. You know what? What what kind of reporter is this? What kind of reporter is, is he asking for there to be censorship? Look, if you don't want to see these things, stay the hell away from them. All right? People need to know the horror of this. Let me tell you something. That guy who was up killing people, he was shot by somebody, off-duty policeman with a gun. In Texas, the gun, only eight people were shot dead, and he was shot dead. It would have been a lot worse. Look at all the weapons he had. All right? So guess what? The day was saved by a gun. What if nobody had a gun? What would have, ha- what would have happened there? All right, think about that. Now, it's not because guns, there's, hell, there's been a mass stabbing in the news lately. That is what kills people, the mass, the killing, the mental health. I'm sorry, but some, uh, this Hispanic that is espousing white supremacy, it's not even white supremacy, it's hatred and murder, all right? It's uh, white supremacy for a Hispanic no such thing. It's a certain Nazi ideology is what it is. That one group is better than the other group. Yeah. But just let's put the name white in there. That's all right. Let's call for censorship of information. That's all right. I'll tell you. 
I'm not going to censor a damn thing. Well, I'm going to warn you guys, you might not want to see this. You might not want to see this. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm going to call this. What do you call it? Man, just warning, 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 warning. This is not for the weak-minded. It's not for the weak of heart. What I'm about to show, I'm going to show it. Because it's important for you to know the realities and not the damn politics of this information. All right, let me give you uh, full screen. Got full screen. All right. Social media posts by the mass murderer killed eight innocent shoppers and wounded several more at a huge outdoor mall in Allen, Texas. Reveal that he scouted the site of his crime for weeks in advance and had a penchant for Nazi imagery and ideology, not white supremacy. You know, you know what white supremacy is? It's a belief that white reigns supreme. It's like the idea of the monarchy. That is literally the definition of white supremacy. Unless until the day you have a black king of England. They're adding white supremacy, but believing in Nazism and white supremacy ain't the same thing. Just after 3.30 on Saturday afternoon, 33-year-old Mex- uh, Marcusio Garcia approached a busy sidewalk at Allen Premium Outlets in a silver sedan, exited and began killing people with an AR-15 rifle. He was shot to death by a police officer who was in the vicinity to handle an unrelated matter, so he wasn't off duty. Now, investigators and journalists are pouring over Garcia's social media posts and are finding that the Hispanic man embraced Nazi themes to the extent of adorning his body with swastikas and SS tattoos. And also, lashed out at a woman in one of his posts, Garcia argued that Latinos are white people last month, offering an an example of Nick Fuentes, who has a half-Mexican father. I think I even read in the news, Hispanics could be the new white supremacist, SIC, he wrote. Just the other day, this black dude told me the line is blurring. We can't tell the difference anymore. Someone would look white, but they're actually Hispanic. For weeks leading up to his attack, he posted dozens of photos of the Allen Premium outlets, as well as screenshots of Google data that appear to have highlighted the busiest hours for the enormous shopping center about 25 miles north of Dallas. On the day of his murder spree, he uploaded a video showing him removing a screen mask and asking, not quite what you were expecting, huh? Another post, he reportedly praised the female DeMel transition nut job who killed six people at a Christian school in Nashville, wrote approvingly uh, of Adolf Hitler, said he was originally from Mexico, described mass shooting as a sport, Posted receipts indicating he spent over 3200 on three firearms in June. Shared a photo of a tactical vest with RWDS, which means right wing death squad. That was posted before the shooting. He spewed anger towards women in a manner consistent with what's found in uh, involuntary celebrate discussions. Incels. He also applauded a 2014 murder spree by an incel. He said Jews had engineered society so that men cannot mate with a woman. According to the Army, Garcia enlisted in 
2008, but he was ejected after three months due to an unspecified mental health condition. He had been living in an extended stay hotel, the address of which was on his driver's license. In his room, authorities found ammunition, a holstered knife and handcuffs, and several handwritten notes. In one of his last social media posts, he said his mental health was beyond the point where a psychologist could do any good. There's a picture of his dead body right there. Looks like he got shot in the eye, but who am I to say? Called it instant justice on the caption there. Meanwhile, in the surprise move on Monday, the Texas House Select Committee on Community Safety voted a 8 to 5 in advance, a bill that would make it illegal for Texans under age 21 to buy certain semi-automatic rifles, specifically those with a caliber greater than 22, which accepted detachable magazines. The May 2022 massacre at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, was perpetrated by an 18-year-old. So there you go. There's a little bit more information. Just out guilty on all counts. I just right there. All right, let me see where we're at on time. We are at 53.10. Some of these things might disturb you, might bother you, and let me tell you, it disturbs me too. It absolutely does. It should disturb anybody, anybody with any amount of sanity at all. It should disturb the hell out of you, but... It's real. It's the news. What's bothering me is that the real reason these people are doing these things isn't being shown. You you just think, oh, the world's going crazy. It's just these crazy people. People are under a lot of stress because of all the lies that you're getting from our politicians, from our government, from our politicians, from our news. People feel like they're living in a line they don't know why. People are losing uh, their livelihoods. They're losing their their jobs. And we're going to go into that today and a whole lot more. Let's see. I think we're just about at the half right now. We're just about at the half. I'm going to open up the phone lines. And I'm going to do the second half of the show. If you want to talk about something, the phone number is 325-261-0892. I think I might get me a refill. And when I say we're, you know, done with the first half of the show, we're done with the first half. But if you're watching on YouTube, you're not going to get everything because, again, of censorship. Sorry about that. They can censor, but I'm damn sure not going to censor myself. All right, I'll be right back. Los locos kick your ass! Los locos kick your face! Los locos kick your balls into outer space! All right, everybody. I just uh, opening up the phone lines here. All right. I did. Uh, let's go over this again because some of you just got here. So I want to let you know about 
this, whenever I show this, it means, and I'm about to show it, it means that something is being left out. It means I've cut, something is cut that can't be shown on YouTube. So if you subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, you're going to get the whole, their whole video there, but it's a big chunk of it's cut out because of YouTube censorship. I'm not going to censor myself, but I'm going to take it off YouTube and it'll be their loss, not mine. Their loss, not yours. You're still going to get the full story. So uh, how you like them apples? Again, whenever I'm just talking and then you see this. And again, it's not anything against community guidelines. It is something that's just against, you know, just a little bit against advertising. It's okay to have it on there, but Jerry, we're not going to monetize the content, which I mean, the, the money doesn't go to me anyway. It goes to our radio license, and believe me, it does. All right. I have so many more stories to go over now, but first I'm going to have a sip of my Diet Vanilla. Coke, I swear I've already drank. Oh, so delicious. Okay. Things I'm about to cover are very disturbing. I'm going to try to keep them. I'm trying to cool it down a little bit. I'm going to try to cool it down a little bit. All right. Let me. Here we go. Mother Letitia Stout guilty on all counts. A judge sentencing her to life without parole today as well. Fox 31's Nicole Fierro covered this case from the very beginning three years ago. She's now the first to sit one-on-one -on -one with Gannon's biological mother just hours after that verdict. She joins us live tonight with more on what she had to say. Nicole. Yeah, we just left the house within the last hour. She had so much to say about Gannon, about the woman now convicted of murdering him, about the community that supported her so much over the last three years. Let's get right into just part of this interview. Peace, because all I found was peace. For three, more than three years I've struggled. You try to put puzzle pieces together of what makes sense. And no matter how hard you try to make sense of it, it never made sense to me. But to hear that the verdict today, guilty, made it made more sense to me. You've had to hear a lot. Five weeks of the worst possible things being talked about with, with your son, with this person that is now convicted of murdering him. Was there a harder part than others? Yeah, um, there's two in particular that I can't get rid of. One of which is the video where he says, Pinky promise. That's all I hear. This, pink this is so disturbing, guys. The whole pinky promise thing. I broke down when I saw this. I'll put a link to this whole video in the description below and have the 30 minute interview. I'm going to play just a little bit more. Pinky promise. And then the other is. Or not. No problem. I'll stop it back there. Checking my internet connection is good. 
so good for me. Moving right along, got a lot of stuff to cover. Um, this is actually the same story covered by a different source because I like to do that. Still very disturbing. Hunter Biden, what the heck? I hate it when they do that, the old bait switch. She was convicted of murdering her 11-year-old son while his father was away on National Guard deployment. This is a story right here. This is from Fox. This talks about some of the things that were key in her murder. And I read this and uh, some things that were key in her trial, not in her murder. So her defense, for those of you, this, this recaps everything for those of you who didn't watch it every day. And that's what it is. Again, that video that you just saw, that was a news reporter interviewing his real mother. This was his stepmother that did this. I can't even imagine. There are no words. There are no words. A Colorado woman whose defense blamed the savage murder of her 11-year-old stepson and the dumping of his body off a Florida bridge on a major psychotic crack was sentenced to life in prison Monday as a judge rejected her claim that she was insane. One of her other personalities killed him. All right. Now, how, what do you guys think about this? I want to know. After this story, I'm going to open up the phone lines. I'd like to have a discussion with you about this and some of the other stories we've gone over today. Uh, I see mental illness in all of the murders here that I've gone over tonight. But what I don't see is there should be a lack of accountability. How do you feel about that? I want to know. Early in the day, I don't even want to say her name. Earlier in the day, jurors found Letitia guilty of first-degree murder after deliberation, first-degree murder of a child by a person in position of trust, tampering with the deceased human body and tampering with physical evidence in the killing of the 11-year-old Gannon. More than three years ago, she said to have attacked the boy in his El Paso County, Colorado bedroom in January of 2020, stabbing him 18 times as he tried to fight her off before hitting him in the head and then shooting him once. Just a few hours later, she reported him missing, claiming her stepson had not come home from playing with friends. Prosecutors said that she killed the boy because she hated him and wanted to hurt his father. Al, who was away on National Guard deployment at the time, they said she had put his body in a suitcase and drove 1,300 miles with it in a rented van. The, the district attorney cited internet searches suggesting that she was unhappy in her marriage and resentful of being treated like an unpaid babysitter for Gannon and his younger sister. The searches included, I hate my stepson. The judge said that she was also motivated by hatred and jealousy of Gannon's mother, and that's the one you saw from the interview. And, of course, we're not going to go into all that. They didn't go into all that. But she was being interviewed at her house, and it was a nice house. Unlike other defendants with mental health problems, she was never surprised by what her alleged other personality did, but instead took conscious steps to cover up her actions. There's no time during the minutes, hours, and days following the murder where she came out and wondered, gee, why am I carrying a body around in my luggage? This just isn't credible, he said. The judge described her actions as the most 
horrific I've ever seen. I, I saw this part of it live. Giving the woman two life sentences without parole on the two murder charges. She was also sentenced to an additional 12 years for tampering with a deceased human body and 18 months for tampering with physical evidence to be served consecutively. She broke down in court. Al Stock, Stotch, Stock. How do you say the name? Stick. Broke down in court while addressing Gannon, saying he never would have thought he was leaving him with his murderer. Both he and Bullard recall how their severely premature son weighed about a pound and a half when he was born, able to fit into the palm of his dad's hand, but proud to be a survivor. You came to this world fighting. Unfortunately, you left this world fighting, he said. I'm not going to go on. I'm going to put I'm going to put a link to this in the show notes. Here's some of the comments. My daughter lives in the area. Many of the people still show they remember and are hurting after the outpouring of support to try and find Gannon. Unfortunately, the law doesn't allow punishment as horrible as her actions. That's true. All she had to do is leave. All she had to do was file for divorce. But she wanted to be married still. She just didn't want him. I agree. I think she should suffer the same fate and fear that she put Gannon through. What do you think? What do you think about this? The phone number is up there. 325-261-0892. I'm going to go to the phone lines right now. And I have a message here. Check my, let me check my email real quick. I got one from Dealey Pickles. Thank you. All right. How are we how are we doing on Echo, guys? Are we all right now? I think I got it figured out. Hey, Barbara. Damn you, too. Mm-hmm. Coffee sloppy. That's an offer. He's from Washington. What to do? That's awesome.
Did you guys not hear that audio I just played? Really? Nobody heard it? Or does uh, Julie just have her mute on? All right. Well, anybody else? Did everybody else hear me? I just played a message from Barbara from Washington. Did you guys not? Julie, besides Julie, Julie don't count. Somebody put in, I did not hear it. Okay. Well, son of a gun. All right. Let me think. So I get rid of the echo and then you can't hear my voicemail messages. Fascinating. All right. I'll move on from the voicemail messages. You just heard me talking to myself. Okay. Fantastic. Did you guys hear the videos that I'm playing? The the internet censored her. All right. Let me think about this. You censored me. Um, so was everybody. Well, fine. What do I got here next? I'll just move on. All right. Let me go ahead. I'm almost afraid to turn on the phone lines now. Um, do not phone line is open. Phone line is now open. So you can try to call me. We'll have a private conversation. Phone number is 325-261-0892 if you have any comments or questions about the stories we've gone over today. All right. Yes, heard videos. No, didn't hear that. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I'll tell you what's not fine. This freaks me out. Body missing teenager found in dumpster. Sex offender charged. Let's talk about this. This is from Illinois. They found 15-year-old Grace Sasso Cleveland's body in a dumpster. I didn't see this reported anywhere. An Illinois man is facing charges, including first-degree murder, after police say they found the body of a missing 15-year-old girl in a dumpster near his home. Police found 15-year-old Grace Sasso Cleveland's body in a dumpster Sunday, just three days after she was reported missing. The coroner office determined her cause of death was asphyxiation. Bethany McCall described her reaction to Sasso Cleveland's death using words like shock and disbelief. The teenager used to babysit McCall's son. You never think something like this would happen to someone so close to you. She was a good girl. She didn't go out and do bad stuff or party like lots of kids her age would. I don't even think she's been in trouble with the cops. She remembers seeing Sasa Cleveland is bright and warm, hanging out with her son and going to the park. She was always fun running around with him. She'd always make him laugh, and that would make me laugh. We go camping and hiking quite a bit. Please say Tammy, Timothy Dahl. A 29-year-old registered sex offender faces several charges in relation to Cleveland's death, including first-degree murder, concealment of a homicide, aggravated criminal sexual abuse, and domestic battery. The dumpster in which the teenager's body was found is located next to Dahl's residence, according to police. This is a quote from the police chief. For the family and everybody who loved this young girl, you have a heartfelt condolences from the police department. Dahl was taken into custody Sunday after police say they found evidence linking him to a, an alleged romantic relationship with Cleveland. 
He's accused of trying to cover up her death by putting her body in the dumpster and throwing her phone away nearby. So he lured her in. You know, Bird said the doll became a person of interest after Cleveland went missing from her home and phone records connected her to the area in which he, the suspect, lives. Authorities first learned about the missing teen Saturday night. Her family hadn't seen her since Thursday. A GoFundMe for the teen's family is set up. I'll put a link to it in the description below. They need money to help bury their daughter. This is disturbing. All these stories about SAs, offenders, murdering people lately. I have a report called the Pedo Watch, and it is ponderous. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. I might show you a little bit of it. Uh, it's from today, the 9th. Tomorrow, by the way, we're going to have a show at 5 p.m. We have a professor from Idaho that's going to talk to us about Sasquatch, about Bigfoot. All right, so I will put up a post about it tomorrow so you guys know not to miss it. I found something extremely disturbing. You see the the uh, commercial of the Solo Cups. The commercial of the Solo Cups came on, and it blocked the second half of Ashley Banfield's report. The first one where she was reporting and interviewing the father of the murder victim from the seven family members that were murdered by old McPherson on his farm. Uh, I re-watched the second part of that, and uh, it was disturbing. So I'm going to show you that again. We shouldn't have Echo. If we have Echo, let me know. Um, yeah. I'm playing this because I think it's disturbing the way Ashley Banfield handled this, even though I'm an Ashley fan. But I understand it would. it's an extremely awkward situation because she was the first one to break news relating to the death, disturbing news about relating to the death to the girl's father and uh, information that, that he didn't have. Now, he goes off not on her, and he breaks down, and it, it's disturbing to me. So let's play this, and uh, you let me know what you think about it. Yeah, he never should have been let out. The legal system completely failed. And not to mention, where's the sign? Where's the pink light? Where's all the indicators of somebody that's supposed to be a registered sex offender? Somebody dropped the ball. Joe was kept in the dark. He didn't know anything about this guy's past. We didn't know anything about this guy's past until yesterday when it started popping up. And we're learning more and more about it in real time right now on the interviews you're doing that people that knew about it, but yet for months and kept it privileged to their little circle and didn't tell Joe anything about it. I, I imagine it, it might've been new information tonight that, that this sex offender had hired an actress to tell your ex-wife um, and the mother yeah. of your kids that, there was no sex offense at all, that she was the pretend victim and that it was all a misunderstanding. I never knew Holly found out anything and I never knew about a lie. I never knew about portraying nothing. I never knew about any of it. When they found out what the public anything? record was and they knew Go ahead. 
that he was a sexual offender and they knew that he had been in jail for all those years for rape, somebody should have told this man so he could protect his daughter and his and his kids. It, all three is his kids. What would you like, Joe, what would you like us to all know about all three of those kids, Riley, Michael, and your daughter, Tiffany? Well, they were taken from me too soon, but the best moments of my life, my, uh, my oldest Riley was amazing, great artist, all the time asking if she could just draw me something. My son, always excited about showing me a new video game and talking for hours about video games and engineering and building this and building that. My youngest straight A student, most amazing, sweet, kind person. Doesn't matter where I'm at, what I'm doing, she'll come running and jump in my arms. Daddy. Track star. I'll never get it again. Daddy's girl, track star. Fun-loving kids, man. Fun-loving good kids. Oh, we're looking at the pictures. We're looking at the pictures of them, and they really are beautiful children. And I am just so sorry, Joe, for your loss. I'm my heart goes out to you tonight, and I hope you learn more information from the authorities in the coming days. And Sunny, thank you for being there for Joe for his moral support. Um, again, our thoughts and our prayers are with you tonight, both of you. Thank you for doing this. One of the most disturbing interviews I've ever seen. I don't mind telling you. I, uh, I don't know if, I don't know how much of that I would aired if I was her, but I understand, I guess. I don't know. Okay. All right. I got a lot more, a lot of us even more disturbing. Phone line is now open, 325-261-0892. I'm going to call in with a comment or a question. Let everybody know how you feel about some of the stories we've gone over today. The media's representation of it. The whole show, the stuff that's edited out, is going to be on Spotify in the morning. So you guys can see that. It'll also be on our website, midnightrad.io. Look at DJ Jerry's uh, DJ page, and you're going to see the whole video unedited. But of course, we've edited out, you know, things for YouTube because that's how they want it. All right. I got some exclusive video here. I guess you can call it exclusive. Why not? This is of a road rage incident that happened in L.A., uh, let me see if I can get that big screen for you. Maybe. Captured on cell phone video by one of the victims who tried to stop that crazed driver from damaging more vehicles. Like an afternoon demolition. I'm going to stop it right here because here's something that happens. It's very disturbing. There's this one lady that keeps on jumping out of her car to challenge the guy and almost gets killed. If that happens to you, especially in LA, don't be that person. Don't. In Derby on Ventura Boulevard in Woodland Hills. <laughs> the driver of this blue Mustang keeps crashing into one car after another. 
Were you scared? Hell yeah, I was scared. Didn't know what was gonna happen. Came at me like a shark with his car. Caught in the middle of this wild road rage last Wednesday is Paul San Pietro, the owner of Courteous Plumbing. He vividly remembers the driver's demeanor. Just mad, just disgruntled, irritated, like he raged. Just super road rage, I guess. Paul day. pulled out his cell phone and began recording the madness worse. unfolding on Ventura Boulevard between Shoop Avenue and Topanga Boulevard. All the while, warning other drivers to get out of the way. Black him in, black him in. I get back in your car, ma'am. He's going to hit you. After you ramming the on, infinity, the He'll lunatic driver then backs up and slams into a truck behind him. He then notices Paul is blocking his way. He knew right away that I was interfering. So he rams the Mustang into the driver's side of Paul's plumbing truck, then backs up and hits a portion. Now, let me ask you guys, how would you feel about this? What? How would you feel if someone came out of their car with a big gun in their hand and unalive that guy, would that be right or wrong? Wouldn't it be self-protection? What do you guys think? Um, let me know. This question, it almost seems like the same thing that happened in, and I could be wrong, in the subway of New York, where someone's acting crazy, everybody was worried for their own life, and someone not intentionally took his life i mean in th this is is different in this situation yet you, you had a gun in your car you go and you take this guy's life what do you guys think about that or if you took a baseball bat and beat him unconscious would that be wrong what if there was a a semi-truck driver that was around there and he thought to himself oh no i'm gonna end this with my truck because people are gonna get hurt do you have the right to defend yourself nowadays or is that a political test i don't know i'm playing devil's advocate i'm doing these different questions what do you think are you cool with it it's your life this you're the one this is your life all right you're watching this show but this is your life you're the one looking out between from your eyes you're in control Believe it or not, this is your life. You have the right to defend it, even if it's against the law, because you can. Do you think that's right? I want to know. It doesn't matter what they say. You are the authority at any given moment. Anybody could take anybody's life at any time. That's just true. We have uh, children that take the lives of parents. We have parents that take the lives of children. We have grandmothers with infants. All that's illegal. Laws aren't going to change murder. Is, is mental health? Is better, I don't know, mental health doctors or programs or government programs to help mental health is that going to make a difference it all comes down to one thing it comes down to a choice what can make people make better choices what is changing now that makes people more often and everybody agrees on that there's been more mass shootings this year than in the history of the united states in a long time especially in texas what changed 
to make people make those choices. It's not just killing somebody. These guys, these people, it's a form of suicide, taking their own life with a violent act so they'll be remembered. They want infamy and they want suicide. These are the topics. These are heavy topics that we're talking about. These are the things we're going over. It's not just playing clips, making smart-ass comments, and watching videos. There's a deeper thing I'd like people to grasp here, and I'd like to know what you think about it. That's what I'm going over. ...on the opposite side of the street, then returns to slam into the infinity one more time. Looking back at the video, he's looking right at me in the camera. So he's, you can see it if you pause it, you'll see he's staring at me. He was mad. He just didn't want to be contained. Concerned the driver would get out of the car and physically attack him, Paul grabs a wrench from his truck for protection. Uh, I've stuck my big nose in where it didn't belong, but luckily he stopped. Good thing he waited. Amazingly, no one suffered serious injuries. The driver was arrested and he faces several charges of assault with a deadly weapon. Alex Christine, I'll send it back to you guys in the studio. That was really. All right. So when I originally saw the story. Crazy video. All right, Gina, thank you. I had the, I had the video. Oh, here it is. Back, dude. It's, it's a real video right here. Back in, I'm going to die with the wrench. I get back in your car, man. He's going to hit you. Good evening to both of you. Honestly, it was electric out here the second the Lakers won. You could just see fans rushing out of the arena. They were all cheering. They were all saying this is the Lonnie Walker game as well. People are very proud to be a Lakers fan. But Whoa, take, a look take a look at some of the video of these fans as they came rushing out of the No, what the heck? We're trying to watch this video. She's talking about a Lakers fan. Come back, dude. I get back in your car, man. He's gonna hit you. takes him to get there all right what'd you do if a hotel manager sucked on your toes when you were asleep what if he sucked on your husband's toes hotel manager nashville charged with sucking on sleeping guests toes how many times did he get away with this before he got charged see and he was a hotel manager just goes to show you what did the guy that was at the desk think it's like man they would make anybody the hotel manager wouldn't they Holy moly, it's not just cream that rises to the top. It's also the turds. Guess as he woke up to David Neal sucking on his toes. Oh, my. The alleged assault happened around 5 a.m. March 30th inside the Hilton. 
Please say da David Neal, 52 at night, manager of the hotel. Betty liked working at night. Made a key card so he could enter the guest room. It's really easy with those magnetic key cards. The guest said he woke up to find Neil sucking on his toes. He was sucking on a man's toes. A man that he didn't know, by the way, was a one-night toe stand. Can you believe it? Now that is mental issues going up and sucking on some random dude's toes. He wasn't having his way with a female's toes. He probably took the biggest, burliest truck driver he could find. It's like, Hey, can I nibble? He didn't even ask. The guest said he woke up to find Neil sucking on his toes. So he immediately confronted him. Excuse me, sir. Are you sucking on my toes? He recognized Neil as one of the two workers who had come into his room the day before to fix the television. Got some real pretty toes, boy. Neil admitted to police that he'd entered the room, but he claimed it was because he smelled smoke. I guess he thought his toe was on fire. He didn't report the smoke to security, and there was no other reports about the smell. When officers asked Neil where the room key was, he said he'd thrown it away. The key was not found. Personally, I think he was keystring the key. Neil was taken into custody Friday, May the 5th, Cinco de Mayo, at his home in Lebanon, Texas. I'm sorry, did I say Texas? I didn't mean that didn't happen in Texas, happened in Tennessee. In Lebanon, Tennessee, he's charged with aggravated burglary and assault. He's being held on $27,000 bond. I wonder if he lost his job. I'm curious. There he is. You guys didn't see that, did you? There he goes. He's a winner. He is a winner. All right. Let's talk about Lori Vallow. All right. And Chad Dumbbell. Testimony on the 24th day of the Lori Vallow Daybell trial, trial centered on text messages to and from Lori Vallow. She's the Eastern Idaho mom charged with murder, conspiracy to commit murder, and the grand theft in the deaths of her two kids, JJ and Tylee, and her husband's late wife, Tammy Daybell. This is the week, or sixth week of her trial, and Abby Davis joins us now with a breakdown of what happened in court today. And Abby, reading some of these text messages took a big chunk of the day today. Well, Brian, former FBI agent Douglas Hart was also the only witness who testified today. These messages put Lori and Chad's relationship and their extreme religious beliefs at the forefront. On Monday, FBI investigator Douglas Hart spent hours reading Lori Vallow's text messages. Most of those conversations were between Lori and her current husband, Chad Daybell. What did they it say? was clear to investigators that the relationship between Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow was uh, a driving force behind the crimes that have been alleged in this case. Hart started reading messages sent on July 15, 2019. At the time, Lori's previous husband, Charles Vallow, had just died and Chad was still married to Tammy Daybell. From Chad Daybell to Lori Vallow, I know you won't get this text for another hour or so, but my love for you is overflowing right now. I just want to hold you endlessly. You are my wonderful best friend that I can't live without. From Lori Vallow to Chad Daybell, and yet you are so sad. While some of the messages were romantic, a lot of them revolved around Vallow's kids, JJ and Tylee Ryan. Both kids were brutally murdered in September 2019. Before their deaths, Hart said the couple talked about demons possessing JJ and Tylee's bodies. 
from Chad Daybell to Lori Vallow. She is at 0.13. I turned up the pain to 10 and placed a spiritual virus in her. He is at 99.99. They considered both kids dark spirits. On August 10th, 2019. All right, guys. Do you think, I'm not going to play the whole, the whole video here, but you can find it right below the video description. Put all the links in there as soon as I can. You're going to be able to watch the uncensored version of this on our Spotify link. So if you haven't, let me see. Check this out. You can, uh, well, if RoboMob puts it in there, you can uh, copy and paste it. Join our podcast and get the full unedited version. All right. So, man, this is so disturbing. How many of you guys have been following this case? I think I saw a really good um, podcast about this. Dateline News did a very good, very good story on this. Very good. So that's continuing. Now, check this out. I got, meanwhile in Australia, I have this story. In Australia, scientists begin vaccinating koalas against chlamydia. That's right. This is uh, your reporting from NPR. I remember when they used to do audio, and now it seems they have a lot of uh, regurgitated Associated Press stories. But nevertheless, this one's interesting. They've been vaccinating wild koalas against chlamydia in an ambitious field trial in New South Wales. The aim is to test a method for protecting the beloved marsupials against a widespread disease that causes blindness, infertility, and death. It's killing koalas because they've become so sick they can't climb trees to get food or escape predators, and females can become infertile. The scientists' initial goal is to catch, vaccinate, and monitor around half of the koala population in the northern rivers region of New South Wales. That means vaccinating around 50 animals. The safety and effect of the single-shot vaccine, which has been designed specifically for koalas, has previously been tested by vaccinating a few hundred koalas brought to wildlife rescue centers for other afflictions. Now, scientists want to understand the impact of vaccinating a population of wild koalas. I didn't know koalas had this problem. What other sexually transmitted diseases do they have, I wonder? And they'll vaccinate anything. We want to evaluate what percentage of the koalas we need to vaccinate to meaningfully reduce infection and disease. I wonder if, like, humpback whales have sexually transmitted diseases. Is that possible? If they're going to have koalas and humpback whales are, are mammals... I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering. All right. So let's talk about our economy a little bit, shall we? LinkedIn lays off. This is from May the 9th. This is from today. LinkedIn lays off 716 employees, kills China jobs app. LinkedIn is laying off uh, 716 workers worldwide and sunsetting its local Chinese app. In career, citing stiff competition and unfavorable macro headwinds. The company grew revenue 8% year over year for the most recent quarter, but CEO Ryan emphasized the need to manage expenses in a memo to employees 
And they gave him another memo saying, pack your desk up. InCareer was launched in 2021, effectively as a replacement for LinkedIn's localized Chinese app. The move, announced Monday, will affect around 3.5% of LinkedIn's approximately 19,000 employees worldwide. Interesting. How many people is that? 716. There you go. And that's not the only, the only thing here. Check this out. Let's talk about crypto. Crypto exchange Bittrex files for bankruptcy after SEC complaint. This hit May 8th. Cryptocurrency exchange filed for bankruptcy protection on Monday, three weeks after the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission accused it of operating an unregistered securities exchange. Seattle-based Bittrex ceased operations in the United States on April 30th, and it said the bankruptcy filing would not impact Bittrex Global, which serves customers outside of the U.S. The company's non-U.S. operations are based in Liechtenstein. I always like saying that word, Liechtenstein. Bittrex assets and liabilities were both between 500 million and 1 billion, but I'm sure this will have no effect on our economy. According to a bankruptcy petition filed in Wilmington, Delaware court, Bittrex said that it was still holding crypto assets of U.S. customers who did not withdraw funds. Those assets are safe and secure. Uh-huh, sure. And Bittrex said it intended to ask the bankruptcy court for a limited reopening of customers' accounts so the crypto could be distributed back to customers. Several companies in the crypto industry have tumbled into bankruptcy over the past year, held by drop in asset prices, renewed regulatory scrutiny in the case of the once prominent exchange, FTX. Again, I'm not going to put this whole story. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll put it up in the links below. And there's a whole lot more. Banks are also going under. And yes, uh, Bitcoin is used for laundering money, right? But not, not like you think. So let me tell you what I do know for a fact, all right, about crypto and I wouldn't invest in it. Never have, never will. All right. Yes, it is used for laundering, but not from hoods. All right. Anything in crypto is easily traced it's traced right from your wallet, right to the one you direct it to. Some people don't believe it is, and that's what they want you to believe. It's like an advertisement for muffins. They want you to believe it's safe. Just like going into the, the uh, what do they call it, the dark web. People think they're safe. Well, I use this, and I use this, and I use Tor Onion and Bit whatever. No, it was designed to track you and they advertise it to you like you could do criminal things on there and not be found out. And uh, it's easier to track you than uh, anything. And it's the same thing with Bitcoin. However, they are the ones using it. These companies are the ones that are using it to launder money. A lot of it was laundered into presidential campaigns. And, 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 and guess what? We have a presidential campaign coming up. It's going to be very interesting to see the workings of it. I tell you, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm not into politics, by, but I am into some bullshit, and we're going to see some bullshit like you've never seen before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's this comment. See from the chat room. Crypto's extra traceable. That's kind of the point of it, right? And they have been laundering money with it, but the government 
has been the one laundering money with it. How? Okay, so this Sam Friedman guy, the the founder of FTX, who's, you know, they're busting his balls right now. Uh, this guy right here, you're going to find out, you know, he's going to disappear. All right. I don't know if he's going to get murdered or not. And I don't, I'm not even leaning towards thinking that, although I would not be surprised that it happened because he knows about this. He's been a part of it and he's a part of them. All right. He knows what they're doing. He's a part of the laundering and the moving of the money. And what money were they moving? The schmucks, the schmucks that believe that crypto is good and they put their money in it. All right. And it's not even cryptocurrency. Um, it's what do you call it? It's not Bitcoin. It's like an offshoot, right? It's almost like the derivatives market. It's crazy that this was even allowed to happen. And they allowed it to happen until it got big. And they're like, oh, it's time to pay daddy. All right. But I got a, I got a little bit more on this. Uh, I want you guys to know about it. If you're interested in this uh, kind of stories about Bitcoin, let me know. There's a lot of murders in Bitcoin. How about that? People that were liabilities that we're going to talk were murdered. I'm going to talk about that next. If you'd like to hear the dirty side of Bitcoin, let me know. My email is midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. Phone number is 325-261-0892. All right. I, let me see here. Here we go. All right. Let me see if this is actually going to play a video or just do their stupid, cheap sideshows with the little music. Yeah, that's all they're going to do. Crypto's plummeting. Russia's doing this. Yeah, we don't care about that. All right. News of the deaths of two major currency CEOs in one week. This is, it's actually four. This was like 12 one All right. It's actually four that were murdered. News of the deaths of two major cryptocurrency CEOs in one week has fueled a spate of conspiratorial claims and narratives. Whenever they use that word conspiracy, they want to trigger a response in you to believe it's not true. This was two. It's gone to four. All right. So this is an updated story. Many blame the death on billionaires' past, while others suspect it's some form of foul play and even execution. That was two, everybody. I showed you the one before, okay? I'm going to go back to it just so you see this. And they were trying to make you think it was a conspiracy, all right? And believe that if you want. We give the date, 12 one Two were murdered. And I'm going to read this to you because I want you to know the truth from fiction. That's why I'm here. That's why I've been here. I have a conversation with you and wake you up on this. News of the deaths of two major cryptocurrency CEOs in one week has fueled a spate of conspiratorial claims and narratives. All right? Now, this Bitcoin that was being sloughed around also benefited these major news distributors. I'm talking about CNN. I'm talking about Fox. I mean, for God's sakes, the Super Bowl, one of the major commercials in there was a Bitcoin distributor, okay? You, you get in the picture? This was two deaths, and they reported this and trying to make you think is there's nothing going on because that was their job. 12-1-22, uh, all right? 
this story comes up. This was at January 9th. The other one was, this is January 9th, 2023. The death of four crypto billionaires within a month has caught the crypto community attention. These deaths occurred under suspicious circumstances. And more importantly, some of these billionaires have raised alarms about being in danger. Four crypto billionaires dead in the span of a month just before and during the FTX collapse. Too strange. The death spiral started towards the end of October when Nikolai, the co-founder of MakerDAO, was found dead on a Puerto Rican beach. Just hours after tweeting that intelligence agencies were after him, the next billionaire to perish was broker Javier Bosca, who was found dead on November 22nd. 2022, and Estopina, which I've never heard of before. At the time, he was being investigated for the biggest cryptocurrency fraud in Spain. Fast forward, November 23rd, 2022, Amber's Group co-founder, Triton Cullender, was found dead mysteriously in his sleep. Just two days later, Russian crypto billionaire, Velavsky Tarin, died in a helicopter crash. Apart from these four suspicious deaths, another death made headlines on December 3rd when Mr. Park, the vice president of Bidente, the largest shareholder of South Korean cryptocurrency exchange in Vietnam, was found dead mysteriously in front of his house in the early morning. The four deaths of crypto billionaires within a month's time gave fuel to several conspiracy theories among the crypto community which i've seen the crypto com uh, community you can look uh, type in crypto on on youtube and it is the biggest bunch of smoke and mirrors you've ever seen one user associated the sting of deaths with a mafia style hit job and said that the crypto world is taking a page from the mafia handbook guys there's a reason i'm going over this story and it ain't about crypto uh, this pattern started again with, with uh, people in the tech community. Another user associated the death with the central banking hierarchy, saying, in other words, the central banking have put hits on them. And there might be something to that as I go on and show you how these banks are going under this week, and it's not being reported. And he was sarcastically saying, I would definitely not put money on it being connected to the central banking hierarchy. There is no way. They are very trustworthy. 100% no chance. Others questioned the source of the information, but did not acknowledge the fact that four deaths in less than a month and all, they all died mysteriously, mysteriously. Even the guy that um, cash out. The Cash App founder, and he's not with crypto, but he's one of those tech uh, leaders I'm talking about that's getting murdered. He was murdered in a very hit job way. And I got another guy that was murdered yesterday I'm about to tell you about. Uh, guys, like, hello, pay attention to this. I would definitely not put money on it being uh, the central banking hier hierarchy. Others questioned the source of the information and did acknowledge the fact that four deaths in less than a month call for some suspicion. Well, a few Redditors also pointed towards the possibility of faking deaths. Yes, maybe they didn't really die. Maybe they faked their deaths and got out. Everybody saw, uh, what do you call it? Call Saul, right? 
where one insider wrote, I wonder how many of these are people faking their own deaths. It sounds kind of fake. Many Redditors also speculated that these billionaires might be living under fake names and they are using death to start a new inning in their life. The deaths continue, people. The deaths continue. The deaths of four crypto billionaires are for sure cause for concern, but the crypto ecosystem is known for its fascination with conspiracy theories. All right, let's downplay it. The story, I found it on Zero Hedge, and it was written by uh, thetelegraph.com. All right? Doesn't end there. All right. Here's Murder of a Tech CEO. All right, we got a video. Thank goodness. Check this out. Mystery involving a local man has been missing for a year and a half. That mystery has now been solved, but it's not the news people who loved people, uh, loved 39-year-old Bo Mann, wanted to hear. Human remains discovered in the overgrown courtyard of an abandoned property in Santa Monica late last month have now been positively identified as his. Bo Mann created the Sober Grid social media community. His app connected thousands of people battling drugs and other addictions, offering them support and solutions. Bo Mann vanished on November 30th, 2021. On that day, he texted 911 saying he was in an Uber and needed help. He was never seen or heard from after that. His loved ones say his spirit will live on in the sober grid community he created. Uh, mystery solved? I don't think so. Three years ago today, one of the first Southern Californians to contract COVID-19 was released. Oh, we don't want to hear about that. All right, I'm going to continue on here. I'm going to see if I have anything. Oh, I got more. Oh, Lordy. Let's go over. Did I just shut that? Oh, no. Hold on. All right. I'll let them play this commercial. You guys don't see it. Ha ha. They didn't get me on this commercial. Oh, nice of them. All right, here we go. I'm not going to play this whole link, but I want you to see it. I said link. Today, Binance lifts its pause on Bitcoin withdrawals amid heavy volumes. The DOJ reportedly investigates the world's largest crypto exchange for possible Russian sanctions. This is from today, guys. Violations. Benedict Shupley of Obligate weighs in on Mika's influence on the rest of the world when it comes to crypto regulation. All right. So yeah, crypto is falling. Is it? Is it falling though? What we do have is this. We have uh those people were definitely murdered. That's a fact. How they murdered, we don't know yet. We don't know how they were murdered. But we do know that they were murdered. Check this out. Wouldn't the government love absolutely love and be in love with regulating another financial exchange? They make a lot of money from that stuff. And they also make a lot of taxes off of it, too. So check that out. Do you think maybe they're just doing this so you think crypto's falling? Oh, it's going to fall. We need to step in and save the day. This is constantly what the government does. They cause a problem. They cause the problem. And they create the cure. They sell the cure to the problem that they caused. 
I could go on and on about it, but, and I will, but not right now. So this also is hand in hand with, this goes hand in hand with, um, I'm sorry, I'm reading this. This is funny. Uh, if crypto was traceable, wouldn't we know where Bigfoot is? Huh? If they could make money on Bigfoot, they're just finding out how to make money on it. All right. More banks going under. German regulator warns of a nervous time for banks predicting stress in the property market. You don't think so. It's not stress in the property market. It's uh, people losing their jobs all around the world, and they're losing their houses, and the big banks are buying them, and the big banks are eating up the smaller banks. This is the same crap they pulled in 2008. But Germany's financial regulator on Tuesday warned that the country's banking system is undergoing a real-life stress test amid the current volatility, also predicting significant weakness for the commercial property sector. That's what they want. They want the weakness so the big banks can buy the housing. Um, I'm not going to bore you with this, but I just wanted to put this up here uh, because it is May 9th. This is brand new. I told you that there's going to be more banks failing around the world. Uh, the financial markets are going to become volatile. So the weakest ones are going to become weaker. Uh, you're also going to have more crypto currencies going under, and you're going to probably have more deaths of cryptocurrency, um, not staff, but the leaders being murdered, and you're going to see more murders of people in the tech industry. And you're going to see absolute pandemonium in uh, California. All right. Now, this is interesting. This is uh, Trump to appeal after jury finds liable for sexual abuse. For those of you that don't know, this is what happened today. He was found liable for sexual abuse in the uh, Gene Carroll. All right, and uh, let's talk about that. I'll read what he what he posted here. All right, and that's all I have to say about that. Shares for U.S. meat giant Tyson Foods plunging the most since the global financial crisis. The company cutting its full-year sales forecast on what it described as challenging market conditions. So joining us now with the... Is this travel blogger giving us a five-star review? Not yet. Is Bloomberg reporter... Tyson shares fall amid high meat costs. People aren't buying meat. They're buying a lot less meat. It's not only Tyson that's having the problem, but they were shutting down two factories. This is after they shut down two factories. All right. What do you want me to bet? And they didn't tell, they're like, oh, they acted like, oh, it's just a normal thing. And now they're like, oh my God, they knew about this. And they know it's going to get worse and they know how bad it's going to get. And again, I don't think a lot of people think that politicians make big mistakes you know everybody thinks oh this incompetent jerk what do people think of, for example 
And don't think I'm a Trumper. Don't think I'm a Republican or a, a Democrat or an independent or anything like that. How many people thought that there wouldn't be any problem with gun control after Biden was elected and they had the, the House and the Congress and the executive branch? What, what do you see? You see more gun violence than ever. And, and that is not an accident, all right? It is not. What you're seeing is what they designed to be. Michael Hertzer. And Michael, uh, Tyson's saying challenging market conditions that exist in all three of its big protein categories. Which of these categories are the issues most concerning? Pork, beef, or chicken? Now, they are working on trying to promote genetically engineered meat. So are they just hedging their bets? Or they're trying to make you think there's a problem with meat? I mean, it would be a lot easier if they just 3D printed the cells and grew your pork chop so they can cut the farmers out. Uh, follow my line of thinking here. They also started the problem with labor, all right, when they had people at McDonald's saying that they deserve $15 an hour. And I'm about to show you where that led to because they're shutting down those jobs that cost $15 an hour and it's being ran by a robot. And that's not a week. That's not a month. That's happening right now. And that's what they're trying to do to me too. All right. Do you want that kind of world? Is this progress? It's fake. It's fake bullshit engineered things that they're doing. And for me, it's, it's a crime against humanity because if we didn't have to work for the, worry about these fake damn emergencies where would we really be as a society and look at where we are we're not that damn far from being in 1941 1941 how do you say that because in 1941 that was the year that the cell phone was invented they had it then but it wasn't in widespread use till right about now they didn't have the smartphone but they had the cell phone and what else did they have they had phones they had televisions uh, they had movies. I mean, what, what what's the big difference? We're actually less advanced than we are now because they had better schools back then, so people actually knew geography and mathematics. We should know about things and have things that were never dreamed of back then, and I'm not talking about the things that we use on our leisure times, okay? But we are being repressed by lack of the information because it trickles down and you get what they give you, right? Ah, but not everybody. Some people look at things that are different. Some people have alt alternate views. Some people believe in self-education. But I'm telling you, they engineer this. They cause a problem and they sell the solution. I think beef is the one that stood out this quarter. Sales were down uh, in comparison to, to chicken and pork, which were both up. So profit. This man has the smoothest head I've ever seen in my life. This is crazy. And beef are really coming down hard. And, and of course, realized. Tyson started out as a chicken company. So they will be looking to kind of shift gears and start earning more money from chicken uh, very soon. But that's what I'm curious about, Michael. We talk about the diversification that this company made, chicken, uh, pork, uh, beef, et cetera. The idea that when one was weak, the others were supposed to hold up. And to hear some of the commentary by the executives that they had never really seen an environment where all three of these main protein categories were pushing against them at the same time. That's the concerning. Yeah, you know, like for, for... The problem is protein... Ask Affidavit. He is on an all-meat diet, and he's healthier than he's ever been. If you're not eating meat... 
for protein, you have to go back down and eat a lot of carbohydrates. Carbohydrates make you sick. Carbohydrates make you fat. But all protein is what your body needs. We are meat eaters. Our bodies are meat eaters. All right. So we're talking about major health decline. We're talking about people that are going to start gaining weight. We're talking about people that, that are going to become, um, there's going to be a, a great onset of mental problems if it's true that because of the economy, which they're not telling you about, is going down really bad. I'm telling you about it here, but they're not telling you about it. They're just like, oh, look at this. Uh, we shut down this. We, uh, CNN uh, is firing half of their staff. ESPN is shutting down two channels. We don't know why. Everything is fine. And in the meantime, you're going to the store and you're seeing where you used to be able to choose four different kinds, five different, six different kinds of peanut butter. There's one or two. There's not as many bread. They shrunk the whole damn store down. But everything's fine. They're not going to tell you about it. All right, we got more here. Talking about companies shutting down AMC, by the way, this is May 9th, loses 300,000 streaming subscribers in quarter one. Why? Why? Because people can't afford to stream stuff anymore. People are losing their jobs. It's not being reported. The company reported its earnings results on Tuesday. This drop in subs follows a slight increase of 700,000 paid streaming customers between Q3 and Q4 last year. AMC Networks streaming platforms include AMC. You know, that is where what The Walking Dead is on. AMC Networks plans to launch an ad-supported option uh, for October. Acorn TV, Shutter, Sundance, all black and high dive. These digital offerings are in addition to the company's linear channels, AMC, BBC America, joint venture with BBC studios, IFC TV, we TV, IFC. They're losing their asses. All right. And it continues. I'll put a link to all this, all of this. All right. Everything I'm showing you here shows people losing their jobs. All right. We're talking about a massive amount of Tyson employees losing their jobs. They shut down two plants and they're going to shut down more. What do you want to bet? And the price of meat is probably going to be soared really high now. All right. So remember the little $15 an hour thing for uh, people that made burgers? Well, it's biting people in the ass now. Wendy's Google trained next generation order takers in AI chatbot. And I bet they get it better than the McDonald's here. My local McDonald's is horrible. Wendy's is automating its drive through service using an AI intelligence chatbot powered by natural language software developed by Google and trained to understand the myriad of ways customers order off the menu. With the move, Wendy is joining an expanding group of companies that are leaning on alternative AI for growth. The Dublin, Ohio-based fast food chain's chatbot will be officially rolled out in when? June. In June. Just June. At a company-owned restaurant in Columbus, Ohio. I've eaten at that Wendy's before. I'm not joking. Wendy said the goal is to streamline the ordering process and prevent long lines in the drive through lanes from turning customers away. Let me, let me, let me let you in on something. And this is true. 
this Wendy's in this uh, Columbus, Ohio, it is a ethnic neighborhood. All right. It's almost an all black neighborhood. Hello. Just so you know, Wendy's didn't disclose the cost of the initiative beyond saying the company has been working with Google in areas like data analytics, machine learning, and cloud tools since 2021. It will be very conversational. Mr. Ping Norris said about the new artificial intelligence power chat bots. You won't know you're talking to anybody, but an employee, employee said, great. To do that, Wendy's software engineers have been working with Google to build and fine-tune a generative AI application on top of Google's own large language model or LLM. How do you think, I'm not being racist, but how do you think this is going to affect India? If the computer AI can talk to somebody and get you what you want, how is that going to affect India? Where before we paid less money, corporations pay less money to have people in india do your your um what do you call it what do you call it when you need help and you call somebody and you can barely understand what they're saying i'm not being rude whether it's cable whether it's your computer whether it's your warranty well watch that is going to go to ai first what is that going to do to everything They caused the problem, and now they're selling you the solution. What happens to the people who can't work at the fast food restaurants anymore? That's usually a stepping stone job. You get that job right before you go to college or something like that. Not anymore. Not anymore. All right, so out of everything I've been talking about tonight, I'm coming up to the last parts, and I'm talking about something that scares the hell out of me, and it should scare the hell out of you too, especially if you live in California. And I don't know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so afraid of this. I'm not joking. All right, I'm going to look at the chat room. I just turned Indian. World Economic Forum, you will own nothing and love it. That this They said they're working towards that, and that's exactly what they're going for. Some of us have read it. That's right. There's Susan A. Original Wendy's was torn down. Really? When, in Ohio? Fascinating. All right. So this next one. I'm like getting my breath because it's very disturbing to me. Phone number is, what is my phone number? 325-261-0892. For those of you that stayed, get ready to be disturbed. Taking a deep breath. I'll say, for those of you that haven't checked it out on midnightrad.io, our merchandise store is now open. Uh, For those of you that are members, I will be putting two coupons in the Discord. For you guys, if you're a member and you are in our chat, I want you to have $5 off anything in the store. All right, here we go. Three. So maybe the one that was torn down was the one, yeah, downtown. All right, 325-261-0892. 
check out the story. And this is from today. No, two days ago. Sorry, sorry. It's almost fresh. California State Task Force has approved recommendations on reparations for black residents for discriminatory policies going back generations. The nine-member committee voted last night, and they gave a detailed account of historical discriminations in area of housing, voting rights, policing, and education. Their recommendations now go to state lawmakers for consideration. Watch breaking news breaking on YouTube. News. Subscribe to ABC7 Chicago Eyewitness News. All right, so reparations. I'm not against reparations. I think the government, anybody getting money from the government or getting over on the government, I should say, is a good thing. But I'm looking into this. It scares the hell out of me, and I don't think it's a good idea. I want to give you alternate opinions on this. And I'm going to tell you why it scares the shit out of me. Literally, it scares me. And if it goes through, it'd be horrible. So I'm going to let these other people talk about it. That's not necessarily how I feel about it. I'll talk about it on the flip side. Hi, California is considering, a, is considering giving every... This is from a couple years ago, by the way. I'm going to play the ones today. This whole idea, I believe, started in San Francisco, if I understand correctly. Black resident, $360,000 in reparations as a way to make amends for slavery. The total cost of the potential payout, six hundred. dollars and $40 billion. And it's all despite the states facing a deficit disaster of over $22 billion. And by the way, there wasn't even a state when we had slavery. Fox News contributor, civil rights attorney, Leo Terrell joins us now. Hey, Leo, congratulations. You're about to get, uh, you still live in LA. You're about to get $360,000? I don't want it. It's offensive and it's racist, Brian. And you know what I heard some of these activists up there talking about? That if they give reparations, it will stop black crime, robbing, and looting. That is one of the most offensive statements I ever heard, and it insults every black American. Let me be very clear. This whole reparation plan is racist in and of itself, and it's a ploy by Governor Newsom to somehow stop black men who are leaving the Democratic Party for his presidential run. That's all he's trying to do. He's trying to play the ultimate race card to keep black Americans within the Democratic Party. And it's insulting, Brian. It's well, very insulting. There's one. All right. I'm not going to put this whole here because Fox News makes me want to vomit. So I'm not going to play the whole thing. I'll put a link if you want to watch it. This is from a couple of years ago. This started with San Francisco. Now it has gone to all of California. Uh, reparations proposal could cost $6.50 billion. Um, well, it came to vote today. I'm going to go over this with you and talk to you about, you know, why it scares the hell out of me. The problem is, the problem is it's not for all California, black Californians. Okay. That I mean, that's a part of the problem. And you know, he he was he was a black Republican, and he was telling you telling everybody how it was racist. But beyond that, my concern is, I've seen what happens. Have you ever seen the curse, the lottery curse? Check out the lottery curse. All right, all right let me talk about this a little bit before I read this. Uh, check out the colliery the colliery schmerz. Check out the lottery curse on YouTube or google it and you're going to see you know about 12 lottery winners and here's what the problem is you don't have money then all this money is thrust upon you you don't know how to use it you don't know how money is a tool you don't know how money works if you don't spend it all right and just to drop a 
bomb. This would be like an A bomb on the black community of California. Not if this, if it goes through, and if it could never, some people would think, oh, this could never come go through. This is just a political ploy. And I don't know. I don't. I don't. I can't tell the future. But if it is goes through, and not everybody who's black is going to get this in L.A. in California, what is going to happen? Some family members get it. Other family members don't. How much is it? Over $300,000 a piece. And it is to pay for um, reparations. And they're already in debt there. I'm not going to talk about the debt, but you're already in debt. And you're going to buy something or use money to pay for something that is ide ideology. And not every black person, not every African-American is going to get that. What the hell is going to happen? What the hell would happen with any, any race you did that to? It is going to be bad. Holy God. There's going to be murders. You know, the number one killer of white people, murder of white people, other white people. So if you gave white people all this money, you got it, you got it, and your cousin didn't it. You ask your cousin for money, screw you, you're not getting anything. But you owe me this money. Well, this is my money. I'm not giving you any of it. What would happen? The crime is going to go through the roof. And what's going to happen to the economy if it goes through? It's a nice sentiment. Sin sentiment. Sentiment. It's like a sentiment mint. Sentiment. But... And I've talked with uh, African-Americans about this before, and they told me that, that you know nobody ever in the community believes it's going to ever happen. I don't know. I'm just saying it's horrific. It is horrific. And I'm scared about it. Let me, let me read a little bit more of this so we know exactly what is true and what is not. A panel in California created to consider reparations for black residents voted over the weekend to approve the recommendations for the payments of reparations to black Californians for injustices and discrimination stemming from slavery. Saturday's meeting in Oakland was the 15th public meeting of the task force to study and develop reparation proposals for African-Americans. The recommendation will be presented at the task force next meeting before being presented to the legislator by the deadline of July 1st. The recommendations outline restitution, which is approved, could cost the state billions of dollars. Among the possible estimates of reparations for black California, for Californians recommended by the task force are estimated value of payment for healthcare disparities, 13,000 for each year of residency based on a 71 year life expectancy, estimated payment for housing discrimination, $148,000 or 3,366 for each year between 33 and 77 spent as a resident of the state. So we're talking about a lot more money going to, to the um, African-Americans who are retirees at that age. You know, the vulnerable age when your family can take advantage of you. I'm not saying I'm against it. I'm saying this is dangerous. Watch, watch. That's what I'm saying, watch with your popcorn. And uh, 
most people I talk to don't believe this is going to happen, but just the thought of it, holy, you know, let me tell you something about me, and I don't think this is right, but it is honest. And how many of you feel this way too? I'm the kind of person who, and this, this, this would happen when I was a kid. I would, we would have tornadoes, uh, dr- tornadoes all the time, you know, tornado warnings, thunderstorm warnings. I would be disappointed as a kid that I didn't get to see, you know, some, some bad happen, you know, that, you know, I would be disappointed at the point that our house didn't get blown away, that bad things didn't happen. So I'm not saying I even don't want this to happen. I want to see what happens if somebody does that in California, but it's going to trickle down and affect Texas for sure, because a lot of people are moving out of uh, California and moving to Texas. But we got a lot of space out here, so y'all are welcome. Come on. You don't want to go to, don't, I mean, where you're going, I mean, you're going to the big cities. You don't want to do that. Estimated payment for mass incarceration and over-policing, $115,000 or uh, 2352 for each year of residency in California during the 49-year period between uh, 1971 and 2020. Task force recommendations have previously called for a state office to process reparation claims and identify and mitigate the ways that current and previous policies have damaged and destabilized black families to restore historical sites, to support education, and to offer free legal aid and other services. San Francisco leaders show early support for $5 million reparation payments for eligible black residents. That's another uh, article here. Other recommendations include updating language in the state's constitution, removing racial bias and discriminatory practices in standardized testing, compensating people deprived of profits for their work. That's me right now, guys. Uh, if you guys appreciate my work here, how about going to Cash App, dollar sign Midnight Rad, Midnight Radio 101. That's dollar sign Cash App Midnight Radio 101. I'm not even saying it right. Help me out. Help me out. Uh, what's the name of my mod? Bot mod, mod bot. At the end of Saturday's meeting, I'm sorry, robot mod. At the end of Saturday's meeting, more urged people to stay encouraged and know that justice will prevail at the end of the day. Task force voted for the next meeting to be held on June 29th, Sacramento. I want to have a conversation about this. I want to have a conversation with you. How many, let me look in the chat room. Do you guys think this is a good idea? What do we got? I'd like to know why I can't go to the moon. When I know for a fact that a few dudes went to the moon in 69. Uh, rabbit hole survivor. You are good. Don't be afraid to express your opinion. You are good. Don't be, let me know. Affidavit. You're good. Don't be afraid to express your opinion. If people don't agree, that is what healthy debates are for. Okay. What did he say? what did you say? Affidavit. I'm having to read it in the reverse. I don't mean to be so opinionated. I just look around at what's going on and what makes sense makes sense to me. Don't mean to force it on anyone. I'll try to do better. Everybody's talking about it would be like winning the lottery. If I won the lottery, I'd buy my own island and movie and move there. You know, that's one of my goals in life to be left alone. Uh, let me rephrase that to be completely self-sufficient. Uh, I'll tell you what, though, it sure is glad to see I'm going through these 
comments. It sure is good to see Susan. I always think the best about people. So I hadn't seen Susan around for a while. So I thought, well, maybe her life is happier now and she's happy wherever she's at. What did you say, affidavit? This country needs a national divorce. Where's your, man, I'm going to have to go through this later to find out what affidavit said. It was so opinionated. Can we all have our own moons? I'm about to moon you right now. You can have your own moons. How about that? All right, this is crazy. Check this out. Woman charged with faking her own abduction to hide the fact that she dropped out of college. She identified as a college graduate, but apparently she wasn't. A 23-year-old Pennsylvania woman allegedly faked her own abduction earlier this week in a far-fetched effort to hide the fact that she dropped out of college and wasn't about to graduate. Hey, guys, this has been happening a lot. There was a student about two months ago whose parents were actually coming to his graduation. He hadn't graduated. He failed. And he committed the big S. Chloe Stein, 23, was arrested Tuesday evening, has been charged with four misdemeanors, false alarm to a public safety agency, falsely reporting an offense that did not occur, obstructing administration of law and disorderly conduct. Stein was last heard from Monday evening at 10.30 p.m. When she, texted, when she texted her boyfriend while driving home from work saying she was being pulled over by a police officer, That's what the state police said on Monday. Her boyfriend tried to contact her again numerous times, but to no avail. State police later heard from her family who said they found her vehicle, a Volkswagen Beetle, abandoned on Rainbow Road in the area of North Greengate Road. In what state? What state? You fell me, guys. You fell me. What college? Pennsylvania. All right. State Trooper Steve said in a news conference Tuesday evening that the department spent tens of thousands of dollars in search for a search, which included flying a helicopter in the area. Wow, only a few days. But the case unraveled when a tip came in Tuesday night that Stein was actually at a home in Jeanette, about 30 miles southeast of Pennsylvania, of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. When officers arrived, they found her safe inside and she was taken in for questioning. At the state police station, Stein told officer she was pulled over and abducted by an unknown male who posed as a police officer. The criminal complaint said that she said her abductor had a firearm, she was blindfolded, and taken to various locations in the area. But investigators were already suspicious of her account before they found her. They received a call from Penn State University officials which said that Stein was not currently an enrolled student, contrary to the news reports that described her as a senior. During the course of that phone call, we found out that she had been she had not been attending college for quite some time, almost at a year at that point, maybe two. And graduation was right around the corner. Ooh, daddy gonna be mad. That really led us in the direction that at any point of time there was no police interaction, there was no pullover. None of that happened. I heard that she was a part of the librarian sorority. A representative from Penn State said Stein was last enrolled in the fall of 2018. Oh, my gosh. Police said they found inconsistencies with Stein's account and evidence obtained in the investigation. When Stein was confronted about them, she admitted that she had fabricated all the information pertaining to the incident. Guys, this also comes on the heels of a story of a lady 
who what she did is uh she faked her own kidnap her kidnapping of her children she said that her children were um almost being abducted at the store and also this comes on the hill of another lady that said she was abducted and this comes on the hill of another lady and this one isn't going to be reported that said an ai ch chat bot was used uh to matt to be the voice of her daughter and i don't think that was true either all right This one's crazy, guys. This one is crazy. Let me fix this one up for you. This one, this one had me scratching my head. This had a this one had a twist to it. New tonight at 11, two Detroit police officers have been charged with felony home invasion after breaking into the home of another police officer in Macomb County. Our Kelly Vaughn has been following the story and she joins us in studio tonight with the details. This seems like a very unusual case. Yeah, that's exactly what prosecutors say. So the county prosecutor says three women, two of whom are police officers, are facing charges for allegedly breaking into the Roseville home of another officer and destroying things in his home as well as stealing his property. Now the women are each facing 15 year felony charges for second degree home invasion. That's along with other charges. Now the allegations are that on April 11th, uh, 29-year-old Detroit police officer Brianna Cabano, 21-year-old officer Dana Sears, and then a third woman, Colleen Compton, who is not a police officer, um, broke into the home of the other Detroit police officer. Now, Macomb County Prosecutor Peter Lacido says no one is above the law. The best word I can describe it is, it starts to violate that which we've all learned, which is police officers are supposed to serve and protect, but in this case, they're charged in a case, and now they have to deal with their own internal, which is the Detroit Police Department. Now, we did reach out to the Detroit Police Department, and they told us in a statement that the officers are currently suspended with pay, but the chief right. has recommended that they be suspended without pay following these criminal charges. Now, all three women are scheduled to be in court Wednesday, June 14th, for their first preliminary hearing. Kelly, do we know by any means, why these police officers did this? No, not yet. That information wasn't revealed by the prosecutors and police aren't talking about that. Ooh, they're not talking about it. What do you think it is, guys? What do you think it is? I'm thinking there was a little hanky-panky with that one officer and the three others, female officers. I think uh, he did them dirty. That's what I'm thinking. Free money on Friday. I can give you a coupon. What, what is there free money on Friday? You know, I'll give you a coupon for the merch store. How about that? All right. Next story. This one, this one is another crazy one. I'll tell you what, I'm not just looking for women in the news, but I find them Utah author. And by the way, these are all fresh, fresh May night stories. Utah author of children's book on grief charged with murdering her husband. And she took the grief very well. She didn't grieve at all. She allegedly poisoned her husband and the father of her three children with fentanyl slipped into a drink. She recently published a children's book on losing a parent has been charged with murdering her husband, the father of three of her children. She was 
uh, Corny Richens, 33, of Utah, uh, uh, Caymans, outside of Salt Lake City, allegedly poisoned her husband, Eric Richens, with a lethal dose of uh, fentanyl, slipped into a drink. Eric had five times a lethal dose of fentanyl in his body when he died on March 4th, 2022. She was arrested Monday at her home on counts of murder as well as possession of a controlled substance with the intent to distribute it. She could face life imprisonment or the death penalty if, if eventually convicted of murder. Court records show that Eric had told friends and family before his death that he believed his wife was trying to poison him. On Valentine's Day, a few weeks before his death, Eric became violently ill after having dinner with her. Breaking out in highs, having trouble breathing until he used his son's EpiPen and took Benadryl. She allegedly bought $900 worth of fentanyl pills before this dinner, and she would later buy $900 more in pills before Eric's death. He warned them if anything happened to him, she was to blame. Warrants obtained by investigators. Wait, wait, hold on. Eric told his family, according to records cited by NPR, uh, warrants obtained by investigators in the case alleged that the couple had argued over purchasing a $9 million home that Corey wanted to remodel, but Eric thought it was too expensive. I guess she thought if she murdered him, not only would she have that extra money, she would have his okay. In January of 2022, she tried to change a life insurance policy that Eric had with his business partner, Cody Wright, who helped him run a stone masonry business. Corey unsuccessfully tried to remove Wright from the policy and made herself her husband's beneficiary. Eric went on to remove Carrie from his will and replaced her with his sister. Though he did not inform his wife that he was doing so. Corey ended up closing on the home on 5th of March, 2022, a day after Eric's death. And through a large party at her home where she was drinking and celebrating. The night of Eric's death, Corey told law enforcement officials that they were celebrating the purchase of the home. Though her husband had told family members that they would not be buying it. She said that she and Eric had taken a shot of alcohol and and consumed a THC gummy. Watch out for them little bad dudes, right? She tried to blame a gummy. Poor little gummy bear. She told officers her son was experiencing night terrors. She fell asleep in his bedroom. When she returned to the room, she shared with Eric around 3 a.m. He was cold to the touch and not breathing. On March 5th, 2023, almost exactly a year after Eric's death, guess what? His sweetheart published a book titled, Are You With Me? which according to the book's description is written to create peace and comfort for children who have lost a loved one. She promoted the book in an interview with KPCD, KPCW on 12th of April, telling the radio station, it's been a long, long year, a difficult year, and writing this book has brought peace to me and my boys. Corey was scheduled to appear at a 19th May detention hearing for her state charges. Oh, what do you guys think about that one? That is sad. I wonder how many of those books she sold. A long time ago, I'm reading some of the comments. I had some roommates. I told them I needed help with the groceries, and the next day they gave me a bunch of coupons. 
All right. I'll tell you what I'll do. I want to give away two coupons. All right. Yes, I'm going to do it. I'm only going to give it away. You have to be a member of Midnight Radio. So if you join, you become a member. Uh, if Robomon is still here, if Robom, that's uh, kind of hard to ask Robomon to do. Well, I guess you guys can do it. There's a button up there for membership. If you click on that, if you're a member of Midnight Radio, uh, if you're a Midnighter or above, all right, you can enter the contest. Here's how you can do it. And you're not, you're literally not eligible. I have no way to get this to you unless you are. You can text the number 325-261-0892. I want you to text me. All right. And uh, you have to be watching this live on the live version because if you're not watching it, it's only the first two people that text me. 325-261-0892. Text me that number to say I want a coupon or just text the word coupon and your name, your first name of your YouTube name. All right. And I will contact you with your coupon. I'll give you the coupon code. And it's $5 off anything in the Midnight Radio store. And our store is at midnightrad.io, right? Not .com, .io, midnightrad.io, spells Midnight Radio. Phone number is 325-261-0892. You have to be a member of Midnight Radio there on YouTube. And you text coupon, you're going to get it. And you can save it for later if there's like, well, I don't want to buy anything now. That's fine. You don't have to. Uh, 325-261-0892. The first two win, and you have to be a member of YouTube. All right. I'd like to thank you for tuning in. I got my theme music back, everybody. Woo! If you haven't, you want to watch this show uncensored unfiltered from youtube you can do that if you are a member of our spotify all right let me tell what we got going up what we got going on right now we have a interview tomorrow at five o'clock with an expert professor a doctor from an idaho university that's going to talk with us about sasquatch all right i'm going to put a commercial for that in the morning i'll let you know about it See, tomorrow's going to be at 5 p.m. I will put out notifications. I will put out a commercial about it, the interview tomorrow. If something happens, if he cancels, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys very much. And until next time, all my best.